With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. It's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Dan, that's Dan Patrick Show. Interesting night last night. I had two costumes. I was Harry Potter, and then I was an ogre and ran out of candy, and I handed out pictures of me. Well, I told the kids I didn't have candy, so if they wanted to get a picture with me, they could. Uh, Welcome to the program. Hour two, Jason Garrett, former Cowboys head coach, now working for NBC Football Night in America, will stop by. Our good buddy Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated covering college football you had the initial college football rankings that came out last night, and surprise, surprise, Ohio State's the number one team in the country, but we're more interested in Michigan and what's happening with Jim Harbaugh. It's like, it's kind of vague, but it feels like it's vaguely serious, but social media is keeping this alive. And as I told you, when this first started, the college football playoff committee does not care about Jim Harbaugh and the so-called Spygate. This will be about the Big Ten and the NCAA, not the college football playoffs. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. Poll question for hour two before we bring in Jason Garrett. Seton? Let me just hit hour one real quickly. Uh, who had the best week so far? Right now it's tied between the 76ers and the 49ers at about 30%, followed closely at 24% by the Raiders. Yeah, I don't know if they had a great week. And I don't know how good this job is. Let me start there with Jason Garrett, former uh, Cowboys head coach. He's on Football Night America, also an analyst for Notre Dame football. Uh, Good morning, Jason. How attractive is that Raiders job to you with that roster they have right now? Well, Dan, there's only 32 of these jobs, so they're attractive. And, um, you you know, they're certainly going through a little bit of a a challenging time. And and anytime you, you have a regime and then you have a new regime and there's there's transition within that, um, it, it, it's more challenging b- because they're turning it over and they've made some of these decisions and now they haven't had a chance to finish. And now a new guy comes in and he, he wants to have a plan. So I think that's part of it. Um, but but I, I, I do think it's a good starting point to have a guy like Devontae Adams. You have a playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. You got Josh Jacobs, you got, you got some weapons over there that you certainly can build around, um, you know, and, and, you know, I worked for Nick Saban for a couple of years and he used to always talk about relative to what. And, and so as a quarterback, you say, Hey, we got Jimmy Garoppolo. And some people say, Hey, he's not Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow, but relative to what, there are a lot of teams that would like to have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. And uh, so, you know, I think there are some pieces in place there. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, I think the the guy who gets a chance to go in there, hopefully he gets a chance to have some impact on on building the team the way he wants to build it. But there's some cornerstone pieces there that you like. Yeah, and Max Crosby is also there. He almost fits that image of the old Raiders. Uh, But I just, I wonder, Jimmy Garoppolo's not there for the long haul. 
Devontae Adams' contract is crazy after this year. Josh Jacobs, you have him for a little while, and they have the seventh pick in the draft. Like, is that something that would entice somebody who already has a good job, let's say in college, that they would want to coach the Raiders? Yeah, if they have a desire to coach in the NFL, absolutely. And and then the the devil's in the details over how much say they have to build their kind of program. And I'm remiss in not mentioning Max Crosby. He's one of my favorite players in football. And, uh, you, you know, I think Dan Campbell uh, is, is a good example up in Detroit uh, of a guy who had an opportunity to go in there and they're building the team the way he wants to build it. And so I think any job in the NFL, if you have the opportunity to do that, and you have a little time to do that, uh, is attractive. And, uh, and you build it in, in the image that you want. And Max Crosby being a cornerstone piece, uh, I, I think would fit that bill for the Raiders. So, um, you know, you dive in and you go. Um, the obvious challenge is you're in the same division as the Chiefs and all of that. But, hell, there's, there are 32 of them. And, uh, you know, it's a heck of an opportunity for somebody. How involved is the coach at the trade deadline? I think it depends on the building. How involved you know, were you? Certainly involved in the discussions. Um, you know, I, I thought the communication that we had when we were at our best in Dallas was really good. You know, leading up to the draft, leading up to free agency, and then certainly throughout the trade deadline. Uh, you know, we traded for Amari Cooper one year, and that wasn't right up against the trade deadline, but it was, um, you know, we needed a player at that position. And we had we had extensive discussions about who that player was, and eventually he became available, and he made a huge difference on our team. Have you ever said I don't I don't want to trade for that guy? Certainly, yes. And you have healthy discussions. I don't want to sign that guy. I don't want to trade for that guy. I don't want to draft that guy. But uh, you know, it's a collaborative effort. Uh, the personnel people in, in the really good organizations are really good at what they do. So it's it's the job of the head coach to constantly provide the vision for the football team. And then if you have good communication, you say, does this decision fit that vision? And, and, and the teams that are aligned that way on a consistent basis and acquiring players are the ones that play at the end of the year. Talking to Jason Garrett, Football Night in America, studio analyst, also an analyst for Notre Dame football. Help me understand what Dabo Sweeney was railing against a caller on his radio show like um did is, is he i thought it was maybe a bigger picture where it's like the manager who tells the umpire throw me out because i want my team to get fired up you got notre dame coming to town and it almost felt like you know stop uh, you know pressing me to be what i once was or whatever um but he also wants to fire up his team against notre dame they're underdogs at home against notre dame yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good take on it. Um, you know, he, he, he's been so good. If you look at what that program has done, I mean, he's been so good for such a long time. Uh, and not only winning games and going to the championship game and all of that, but, you know, developing, <clears throat> developing players. Uh, you know, I love Dabo. I'm a huge fan. We had a chance to do the Notre Dame-Clemson game last year. And uh, just, just getting a, 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 a more intimate glimpse of that program i'm so i'm so impressed and you know there's obvious frustration there when you have so much success for a long time and then they're not what they were this year i'm sure he's feeling some of that but you know i think people need to step back and see what he's done and 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 not only the wins but the impact he's had and you know it, there's a good story about dabo you know when you're a head coach in the nfl leading up to the draft you call all your guys in college football and say hey tell me about your guys and and for years, conversations with Nick Saban or other guys, they've had so many players. And so you, you try to figure out the evaluation. I worked for Nick for two years. I understood how he talked about players. And um, he loves certain guys. It's it's one line. Just take the guy. You know, if, <laughs> if, he, has tr- if he has trouble with guys, he kind of beats around the bush a little bit and says, hey – if you have a good structure in place, <laughs> if you have a really good structure in place, this guy can be successful for you. Who was you the know? guy that he just said, just take him? 
Uh, there's so many guys that, you know, Jonathan Allen, I remember Jonathan Allen, just take the guy. He's going to play for, <laughs> you know, and he's right. I mean, it was just such an easy evaluation. But, you know, when you talk to Dabo, you, you have to decipher the guys because every guy is great. Oh. Every guy is incredible. Yeah. Every guy, you know, and, and then you, you could figure out the system to say, okay, this guy's really better than this guy and, and you work your way through it. <laughs> But but I, I bring that up to say that he's had such a positive impact on so many people on football. He has such great enthusiasm. So to see him frustrated like this, I get it. I, I hope he gets his old spirit back because it's it's a really good thing for all of us. If you ran the Jets, do you want Aaron Rodgers back this season? To me, it's a health. It's just simply a health issue. Well, let's say he's healthy. He's cleared. Let's say there's two or three games left. Got a chance for the playoffs. Absolutely. Okay. This guy's one of the greatest ones that ever walked, you know, and, and to give him a chance to, to play. Is he the same player that he was 10 years ago? I don't know about that, but he's one of the best players in football. And if you could get him back and, and he is truly healthy. But you're risking you next season. What's that? You're risking next season, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and to me, that's the question. You know, some guys get the competitive spirit going and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat the timeline. I got an ACL, but I'm going to come back in eight months. I'm going to come back and 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 I have a healthy respect for injuries and, and making sure that um, you give guys plenty of time. And that comes from experience of maybe allowing a guy to come back earlier than he should have, and because we're all competitive, we all want the guy out there, and he's shown you in practice. So so I would be a little concerned about rushing this because just the nature of that injury, but. If the question is, is he completely healthy? Yeah. Absolutely, you want him to play. Yeah, but I'm trying to understand Deshaun Watson when he's medically cleared, and then they say that he didn't want to play. Like, how does that happen that you're medically cleared, but then he doesn't play? Well, every injury situation is unique in and of itself. And, and as a head coach, it, it's one of the hardest things you have to manage. And, and, and you know, I think without speaking specifically about him because I'm not in the conversations, when you have a little issue like that, you really got to get to the bottom of it and and figure out the why of that. And, and it takes constant conversation. And, you know, some guys have a little bit of a track mentality in, in that they need everything to be perfect. Some, some guys are mutters. Hey, I'm fine. They tape it up, spit on it. Let's get going. We can, I can go play. And so, again, I'm not speaking specifically to Deshaun, but that's, that's, a, a, that's a spectrum that you get on. And you say, okay, can he play without everything being perfect? You know, and, and so you got to work through those, and they're challenging. Uh, they really are. Ultimately, it's a collaborative effort. It's players' input along with doctors and trainers. And, uh, and as a head coach, you just try to manage it as best you can. All right, you need to make a choice here on your quarterback. Sunday night, Bengals-Bills. You're the head coach. You're starting with Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. You always ask me these questions. Yes, I do. Belichick or Brady? All of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Who are you taking? Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow goes to San Francisco and doesn't throw an incomplete pass. He's phenomenal. And you're asking me this question. Um, uh, I love them both. Obviously, who doesn't? They're, they're both. Great, and they're going to be great players for the next 10 years. They have chances to be Hall of Famers, all of that. Um, I love Josh Allen. I don't like him. I love him. I love him. Uh, I love his competitive spirit. You know, someone once told me that it, it took 13 people to get secretaried in the gates before he won by 33 lengths. You know, Josh Allen reminds me of that. He reminds me of this incredible player that you just have to constantly make sure we get him in the gates and let him go. Um, so when he, they do he that, is running he's just, late, he's running less, but is he running smarter? Yeah. And, and to me, it, it, it's, it's it, the, the secretary analogy is not necessarily his running. It's just his, you know, I'm going to go make the play. I'm going to put the city of Buffalo on my shoulders and I'm going to go do it. And, and and experience tells me that over a 17-game season in the NFL, that doesn't work. So when they're at their best, it's collaborative. Everybody's – there's a piece of it. He's certainly the focal point. 
And so if he does that on a consistent basis and l- continues to learn how to do that and they build the team that way, I love him to death. I th- I, his competitive spirit is rare for me, but the other guy's off the charts. I mean, Joe Cool is something else. I think you answered it. I did. I, but, but by a nose, I'd take Josh Allen. Okay. Back again to Secretariat where you didn't, <laughs> you didn't have to worry about winning by a nose. Hey, great to talk to you. Have fun on Sunday. Bills, Bengals on NBC and Peacock. That'll start at uh, 7 Eastern football night in America. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Dan. Always enjoy it. All right. Uh, you got to put him on the hot seat every time he comes on, right? You just you don't let him know what hot seat, what seat is going to be warm there. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Autograph calendars almost sold out. Pre-order. You can go to danpatrick.com. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America. Speaking of Josh Allen, here is Tom Brady giving advice to Josh Allen. I think sometimes he gets used and he wants to run it because he knows he can gain yards. There's a lot of confidence in it. But the only problem is, from my standpoint, you're putting yourself in harm's way. And when you put yourself in harm's way, it doesn't take much for someone to land on you, you know, to, to set you back. And I would love to see Josh save those for very special moments and special occasions to run the ball rather than to run the ball uh, six minutes into the game on a, on a second and six, you know, and, and not that he shouldn't run, but when he does run, slide and make sure no one hits you because I don't want to see him ever, you know, get hurt. And I want to see him out there playing every week because he's such a, he's such a dud. I don't know if you can change though. It's like Cam Newton. When we watched him, we're like, man, when he's great, he is, there's nobody like him. And then all of a sudden you start to take those hits and then eventually He's out of the league at an early age, 32-33. Yeah, Paul. In 2022, Josh Allen attempted eight rushes per game. This year, he's down to 4.5 rushing attempts per game. That's down almost 50%. Um, The hits are different, but he's never run for less than six times a game in his career. So this is by far the lowest of his career. But there's no sliding going on. I think that he's second on the all-time list with rushing touchdowns for a quarterback. I think Cam has 75, and I think Josh has 45? Josh has 43. 43. And in, you know, half of, not even half of a career. Yeah. What if he ends up with 80? 80 rushing touchdowns. By the way, Josh Allen did respond to Tom Brady, and he had this to say. I'm not saying that he's wrong, <laughs> but you could get hurt in the pocket just as much as you can outside the pocket. That's the only caveat that I have for that. You got to go win a football game, and sometimes it calls upon me doing something, uh, putting my body on the line for my teammates because how much I do love my teammates and how much you know I see them working their tails off too. So I got to I got to give them everything that I have when I'm on the football field, and that's where the flip for me is so hard to turn off is because I, I just care so much about winning football games that sometimes it it does you know cost the risk to be a little bit higher than than maybe even the reward. Yeah, see, I, I can respect your toughness, but I have to respect your intelligence where you pick your spots there. And what Brady is saying, second and six in the first quarter, okay, are you going to take on two defenders? Second and six in the fourth quarter, final two minutes, then I understand that. Because you can say, I want to play hard because my teammates are playing hard. They need you to be in the game. So you can't get hurt. If they get hurt, you can still survive. If you get hurt... It's over, and that's the difference here. All right, let me take a break. Should Ohio State be the number one ranked team in the country? And is Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, really in trouble? We'll have that for you coming up next, Dan Patrick Show. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives every single day. And it's personal information that gets exposed. And it may not be on your end. It might be somebody that you're communicating with or vice versa. Then all of a sudden, somebody gets your information. And if you ever receive a phone call from somebody claiming to be tech support from your bank asking for account information, there's a good chance that you are hacked. Somebody is watching. The FBI is warning of a recent surge. A lot of elderly victims, by the way, multi-level phantom hacker scams run by thieves claiming to be tech bank, even government employees. That's why you need LifeLock. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, 
loans taken out your name, crimes committed by thieves pretending to be you. If you do, uh, do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Use promo code PATRICK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code PATRICK for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, it's uh, Big Ten Saturday night. It'll be Purdue and Michigan on NBC and Peacock. That's Peacock. Here comes Saturday night. First playoff rankings came out, and surprise, surprise, at least I think a lot of people were surprised. Ohio State at the top of the heap, and Georgia's in there, Michigan's in there. Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated joining us, the senior writer for Sports Illustrated. What's the committee telling us about those rankings? Well, I think they did value Ohio State's big victories over Notre Dame and Penn State. Uh, but the other thing they're telling me, Dan, is that they basically just slotted everybody by how many losses you have. The top five are all undefeated. They're the undefeated ones in the Power Five conferences. 
The next eight are the eight one-loss teams in Power Five conferences, and then you get to the two-loss teams. So strength of schedule, as of now, is less important than how many times you've lost. Give me the one-loss team you think that has the best chance of being in the Final Four. I think Oregon, uh, because I like their chances to win a rematch with Washington or whoever they may face in the Pac-12 championship game. Three-point loss on the road, wild atmosphere, kind of gave the game away. They've looked great since then. They're going to play some real high-quality games here down the stretch, so I think their their strength of schedule is going to be there, and if they get in with one loss uh, to the to the clubhouse at 12-1, and one, I think they can make the playoff. What's the knock on Georgia? And maybe it's not a big knock. They are second in the in uh, the country. But first half of the season, not formidable, consistently formidable? I think two, two things. They didn't play very many good teams. You know, just non, not a good non-conference schedule. And then Kentucky was the only ranked team they played. They wiped the field with Kentucky, and now Kentucky doesn't look that good. So there's not that much on the resume yet. And then, yeah, they were not – they kind of sleptwalked through some of those games early. Uh, but now the, the schedule's going to ramp up considerably. They're playing ranked teams the next three weeks in a row, Missouri, Mississippi, Tennessee, and then you're looking at an SEC championship game probably against Alabama, maybe LSU. So they, their strength of schedule will be there. I think if they keep winning, they will pass Ohio State, but maybe not in the end after Ohio State plays Michigan. We'll see what happens there. Give me the uh... – Team that is undefeated that will be the first to have a loss of those undefeated. I think keep an eye on Washington there. Good team, had a great season, but they've struggled of late. And the schedule, wow, these next three weeks, uh, really tough. All playing ranked teams, two of the three on the road. And if they play the those teams the way they played Arizona State and Stanford, they're going to lose at least once, if not twice, in that section. What's Dabo Sweeney saying? In that rant that he had on his radio show, whether it's to the fan base, to his players, uh, alumni? Um, I, you're lucky to have me is what he is saying. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that, that, that he feels that way. Um, I think he's also, he may not say it out loud, but he wishes it was 1992, you know, where players didn't get paid and there wasn't this crazy transfer portal and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but that's the way it is, and he hasn't adapted well at all. That's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to modernize his modernize his program, modernize his approach. But that was very much a, you need to appreciate me for what I've done. This is Clemson, and I won two national titles. Let's have a little respect. Can uh, Caleb Williams, how does he play himself back into the Heisman picture? Well, he's got some good opportunities starting this week. I mean, him against Michael Penix is going to be a big-time game. And then they've got, you know, they've still got uh, Oregon State on the schedule. I believe they got UCLA uh, at the end there. He's got some high-profile opportunities. They've just they got to win the games, and he's got to play great. And to win the games, you're going to have to make your make sure your defense is something other than horrible. Which <laughs> the the number of points they've given up their last five games is the most in a five-game stretch in USC history. It's that bad. But I was wondering the start of the season, I knew the defense wasn't going to be good. I didn't know they'd be this bad, but he was always going to have to stay in the game because they needed to score. Therefore, he was going to put up big numbers. I just didn't realize that they're an average team. They have a, you know, obviously a great quarterback, but the team seems average. Yeah. I mean, defensively, they are not good. The offensive line. Uh, leaky, you know, running backs are just kind of pedestrian. They've got good receivers. And the other thing, too, with I, I feel like watching Caleb that he's almost trying to make this spectacular play all the time yeah. instead of just making plays. Yeah. And, you know, you, we've all watched quarterbacks long enough. Tom Brady didn't make that many spectacular plays, but he made the right play all the time, and they won all the time because of it. We're talking to Pat Forty, the senior writer. Sports Illustrated covering college football. Where are we with the Michigan story? <laughs> it's just the, you know, the daily gift. I mean, what's it going to be uh, under the tree today? And we'll see. But the, the Central Michigan angle now is fascinating. The maybe probably Connor Stallions was on the sideline uh, for the Central Michigan home or away opener at Michigan State. Uh, Jim McElwain, <laughs> the Central Michigan coach last night, referred to him as the sign-stealing guy. Uh, they haven't admitted that he was there, but it's clear it was him. But is he How in disguise he as well? It's like Bobby Valentine being in the dugout when he got thrown out of a game in disguise. So this yeah. guy, 
he's got a Central Michigan hat on, and does he have a mustache or glasses? He's, he's got a you know goatee, but he's got he's wearing sunglasses. It was a night game. He's wearing sunglasses. He's got the Central Michigan coaching garb on. How did he know what they were going to wear? Where did he get the bench pass from? You can't tell me. I'm I'm unconvinced that Central Michigan has no idea how this happened. Let's put it that way. But how much trouble is Michigan and Jim Harbaugh in? I, I don't think Michigan. I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is in trouble yet for this. He's in trouble for the other investigation. Yeah. But, you know, there hasn't been anything tying this to him as of yet. The question from an NCAA standpoint is you start piling up various level one violations and there's a strict liability rule now that that he could get hit for. But that's next year. Like, if you want to go win the national title this year, it's going to be impossible for the NCAA to touch them. I don't think the Big Ten has a whole lot of interest in doing it. Michigan itself certainly doesn't have any interest in penalizing itself at this point. And I think that there's definitely efforts underway to paint this as just, wait, hey, we got a psychopath on the staff who was doing this stuff himself. And that may be the truth. I don't know, but we've got to find that out. But right now it's Connor Stallions on an island in disguise looking, you know, trying to do who knows what. Yeah, but why would you do this? You want acknowledgement from Jim Harbaugh. You want to prove your worth to him. You're trying to be on the coaching staff. You want to be elevated. It doesn't make sense that somebody's going to go rogue, and they're probably going to paint him like he was a rogue employee. Well, he he was given the information to somebody. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. No, I say, like, that's my question. Did the rest of the Michigan staff have no curiosity at all? about where Connor Steins was getting his sign-stealing information. Like, it's just, hey, good stuff, Connor. Keep it coming. <laughs> or was it, hey, how are you doing this? Where, where are you getting this? Yeah. The other thing, he's pretty proud of himself. He used to be on social media and with his friends and everything, talking about what he was doing as far as, you know, mm. work for Michigan and everything. Do we really think that he wasn't bragging? Like, hey, you know, around the building, look what I got. I, I mean, we don't have the proof of that, but human nature tells me that this guy was probably talking to somebody about, you're not going to believe the stuff I'm coming up with on Ohio State, on Penn State, on Michigan State. Will this affect the quarterback, J.J. McCarthy's Heisman candidacy? That it, I don't think so. Is he getting so, an unfair although, advantage? Right, right. I don't think so. But, you know, I mean, the Heisman Trophy has been called like the Nobel Peace Prize of football, you know, where you, you everything has to be virtuous and lovely and, and wonderful. <laughs> and... There's a lot of stuff going on around Michigan right now. You know, we'll see how they play the rest of the way, but I, I don't anticipate that becoming a voter issue. The uh, last year, the current college playoff format. How's the regular season next year going to be affected? Uh, it's going to be this season on rocket fuel. It's going to be fantastic at this time. Instead of having five unbeaten's and you know eight one-loss teams, we're looking at really probably only like three one-loss teams. We're going to be looking at like 20, 25 teams that are going to still have a chance to get into the playoff. And so I think the excitement level for all the fans is going to be more widespread. There's going to be more speculation, more drama of, hey, you got to win this game to stay in playoff contention. Now, on the other side of it, the top teams will be able to lose a game. There's less at stake in individual games. You're going to be able to lose and still get into the playoff. But I think there's just going to be more excitement for more fan bases nationwide. Yeah, I agree. I remember when this came out and there were some analysts said, this is bad for college football. And I go, no, you got more teams and, and the games in November are going to be meaningful. You know, that and maybe in sept like your schedule and uh, how you treat that. If you have a loss, when you have a loss, if you have two losses, can you still get in? Uh, could a three loss team get in? I think brings in more fan bases for a longer period of time. And, uh, you know, maybe these bowl games actually mean something. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I mean, I think that, that there's just going to be a lot of uh, fascination with how this thing unfolds. And, and yeah, fans are going to be, I think, eating up the, you know, the mock brackets and how they look just like they do in college basketball. And so there's just more involvement, more at stake for more teams. And, yeah, people are going to be sweating through all these games in November. You're, instead of, you know, just narrowing your focus – yeah, to a small number. It's going to be a much wider number. And then when we get campus games and those first round of playoffs, I think it's going to be fantastic. The I atmosphere agree. is going to be unbelievable. Great to talk to you, Pat. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. 
think the regular season. You know, I know a lot of people said, oh, the games aren't going to mean as much. I think there's going to be more games that mean more. Yes, you can. It's kind of like, uh, to me, like I equate it to who really cares about winning the pennant when you want to win the World Series? Okay. Right? Is winning the Big Ten now, is that a big deal? Or is it like, well, we can lose the Big Ten. Who cares about that? You want to win the national championship, right? You, you want to get to the thing. that See, like what Pat was kind of talking about, right? He was just like, yeah, people are going to be eating up all the rankings and the mock drafts and all the mock stuff or whatever. Like, that's his business. It's going to be great for his business. It's great for our business. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know necessarily that. But if you're a fan base and your team is, let's say, 22nd right now, how about Missouri? They're at Georgia this weekend. Now, now that, I mean, that's a really big game for them. They have to win that kind of game. If we had next year's format, then all of a sudden you're like, even if we lose to Georgia, hey, we're still in this. Uh, you know, go down to the 22nd ranked team. They still have a chance here. 23rd, you know, 24th, 25th ranked team. A couple of wins, you move up, now you're in the mix there. Yeah, Pauline? Yeah, I've got the schedule this weekend, and it bears that out. Oklahoma is 9, Oklahoma State's 22. They beat Oklahoma, that they're right back in the thick of things for a late playoff spot. You look at... In next year's format. Right, next year's format. Washington, USC. USC is not really playing for anything anymore. Next year, they'd be playing to get back in it. Um, Oregon State is ranked 16. UCLA is ranked 19. All these games would matter. I think, what is the other game? Uh, A&M and Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah Ole Miss is, but you're, you're trading some games that matter for that, but then discounting the ones that didn't matter. Those two losses don't matter now. Well, USC, they do. No, they don't. We just said that they're still right in it. I don't know if they would be. They would get in the top 12. They still have to win the Pac-12. Yeah, but they're still right in it. And now so those two be, losses didn't matter. It would because then they'd be in the Big Ten and they wouldn't be playing in conference championship. So next year at this time, if they had that record, Ohio State and Michigan are undefeated. So they wouldn't have a chance. This year they might if, if we had 12 teams, but next year in a new conference probably won't matter. All right, we'll get some phone calls here. Uh, Gary in Santa Maria. Hi, Gary. Hey, how you doing, Dan? Uh, 5'11 and a Husky 230. Hey, I was going to say, uh, when I lived in Michigan, too, the night before Halloween was called Devil's Night. And Fritzy was to the show yesterday what Garoppolo was to the game Monday night. Wow. Wow. It's a little harsh. Yeah. Accurate, but harsh. Yeah. Well, you poo-pooed Halloween. Did you have a good night? I did have a good night. We had a lot of kids coming over. It was uh, It was actually a lot of fun. Did you yell at anybody? Any older kids? I didn't yell at anybody, but it was a, a kid came walking into the house for some reason, and his older brother said, "Billy, we we don't just walk into people's houses. What are you doing?" It was just a cute little moment. This little blonde kid he must have been six years old, and I opened the door and I was going to give them the candy. They stick their bags out trick or treat. He just came walking into the house, and he's looking around and looking up at the chandelier. It's really warm in here, and his brother, Billy, you don't just walk into people's houses like that. Hmm. Just a cute little moment. Okay. Just wandering around the uh, inside, like my living room. All right, but you did okay. Didn't yell at anybody. Nope. Kit Kats, okay. Three Musketeers, Twixes, Milky Ways. Everybody was happy, and uh, it was like, some cute costumes. It was great. All right, yeah, I love the kids. Yeah, Paul. You should have taken the kid down, put him like a half Nelson, <laughs> and teach him you can't walk into strangers' houses. I just I couldn't believe this kid just kind of waltzed in there. But it was funny that his older brother kind of at least knew enough to say you're not supposed to do that. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll uh, get to more phone calls as well. Ian Rappaport will join us in the final hour of the show. We'll talk about the trade deadline. Also, Tom Brady's involvement in the Raiders. When is he going to be a part owner, and how involved is he going to be with the Raiders? We'll have that for you coming up as well. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing, we never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you
want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough Kavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromised and also Uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Kavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play. The play of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Inbounds pass comes to Durant, and Durant will have it knocked away. It's stolen by Johnson, who takes it inside, lays it up and in. The Spurs take the lead with 1.2 seconds remaining. It's 115-114. The steal by Keldon Johnson and the basket. That's courtesy of the Spurs radio network. What a wild finish. Spurs were down 20. They came back. Keldon Johnson steals the ball from KD, gets the go-ahead basket. Wow. Crazy. That's your stat of the day, brought to you by the great folks at the Breeders' Cup, the World Championships at Santa Anita Park. That'll be coming up on Friday and Saturday. Tune into USA and NBC November 3rd and 4th to catch all of the action. 
All right, some phone calls here. If you're Mark Davis, you own the Raiders. Who can you bring in that will be between Mark Davis and, let's say, the GM and the coaches? Can you bring in a football person who can help? Because they've tried, they failed. They're still paying John Gruden, I believe. They're going to be paying Josh McDaniels his entire salary here. Is this an attractive job? Like, like if you go, man, look at the Raiders. They got a great receiver, great running back, and a great edge rusher. You got a new stadium. And then you go, well, we don't have a quarterback. And Devontae Adams' contract is terrible coming up. But is this an attractive job? Because if you said I could have the Bears' job where they don't have anybody, or you could have the Raiders' job where they do have some quality talent. Yeah, Seaton. And these are just the like internal struggles that you're talking about. That's none of the external factors that come along with having young, rich men in Las Vegas. <laughs> but is this an attractive job? I don't know. Because I, I'm working for an owner who's cheap. Um, he's not his dad. And can you recreate one of the great images fan bases that we've had in football history. And I don't know if you can't like Vegas is glitzy type. Whereas the Raiders, I mean, that was John Matuzak and Lyle Alzado and Howie Long. And, you know, there was that feeling of they were different than everybody else in the NFL. Even their quarterback, you know, he had Kenny Stabler, Daryl LaMonica, the mad bomber, Art Shell. I mean, they had all of these Jack Tatum, Fred Bolitnikoff. Yes, Paulie. If you look at the Raiders' situation, they can easily move on from Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the season. Won't be that big of a hit. They're probably going to have a top eight draft pick, so they could be in that Michael Penix window to get a new quarterback. Um, it, it seems I, I think it's more attractive than the Washington Commanders, as far as like meh, the Commanders have a decent mm. roster. They have a, probably a better roster, yeah. more deeper roster. But they just traded two defensive players, two starters. Yeah. And, and I get why they did it. If I'm looking at the contracts here with uh, Montrez Sweat, uh, last year of his rookie deal, Bears are going to have to pay him. Are they going to franchise him? Or are they going to give him a long-term contract? Chase Young is in the fourth year of his rookie deal. Washington didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He would be a free agent after the season. Niners don't have to pay him much this season. Feels like it might be a one-year rental. Um, I don't... So Washington, I think, is going to be open. Chicago, open. Raiders, open. Let's see how it goes with the Chargers. I don't know what other jobs. Uh, Tampa Bay might be, depending on how that goes in the second half of the season. But if you're going to look at these openings, do I want the Bears job because I can start, I, I am starting over, and I might be starting over with two of the top three or four picks in the draft. That's enticing. Rookie contracts. But it, all, it, it still comes back to this. There, there's a couple of things at play. When somebody says, oh, man, you got all these draft picks. Well, look when the Browns had all of those draft picks. It's who's drafting. The Ravens, for some reason, well, the reason is they're really good. They seem to find a great player, not necessarily in a high position. Like they're really, really good at what they do. The Browns have been really, really bad at what they do with all those draft picks. That's what I want to know. Who's making the picks? How good are you? What's your track record? And also, going back to Josh McDaniels, he is the poster child for what I've said for years on this show. Not every coordinator should be a head coach. There are certain coordinators who should be coordinators, and he is certainly one of those guys. He didn't do anything to distinguish himself in Denver. And certainly nothing here in uh, Las Vegas. There are guys, because when you run a team, you're a CEO. When you're a coordinator, all you're worried about is that side of the ball. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Now, you got to be involved in special teams, offense, defense, deal with the fans, deal with the media, deal with the owner. I mean, there's a whole lot involved in this. And Josh McDaniels failed. Yes, Marvin? Do you think the Raiders or the Commanders if they get new head coaches, should try to make a big splash and try to get a big name or just the best guy for the job? 
like a up and coming coordinator, maybe try to prove himself. Well, does Eric Bieniemy get promoted? That that was this was going to be he he had a chance to I'm away from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Now we get a chance to see if Eric Bieniemy is going to be a head coach. We haven't talked about the offense. We did at the start of the season. People did. Hey, Eric Bieniemy. We're not talking about that anymore. I would think that ownership would move on from uh, Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy. Now, Sam Howell, you have enough sample size where you go, all right, we've seen enough. And I'm going to guess with this new ownership, and they spent a lot of money on this, that you're going to want, you're going to want a clean house. You're going to want to try to get a elite quarterback, big-name quarterback, maybe a trade for one. But I don't think you want to bring in, like, let me bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever you want to throw out there. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, bring him back. You, you, you need to make a splash. You got the one-year hall pass by taking over for Dan Snyder. Next year, the Washington fans are going to be like, uh, what do we got here? Yes, Marv. And if you're the Bears and you're trying to go for that uh, head coaching spot, do you have the longest leash because the team is so bad? And say, hey, if I was with the Raiders or the Commanders, I have two years as opposed to if you're the Bears head coach, you have four years because they're, they're such a young team. I would think three years is the window now. may not be fair, but I think three years is a, a good sample size of getting your players in there. I would argue that you need probably four years when you're going to draft and get your players, turn over the roster, get your philosophy in their coaching philosophy. But Bears, to me, would be interesting. Washington... Great fan base. I don't know about the Raiders. And can you ask Tom Brady to get involved with the Raiders? We'll talk to Ian Rappaport about that. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.